Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples magazine. To find out more, you can visit lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Boo Mortensen, former radio personality in Madison, Wisconsin, always <laughs> brings a smile to my face when she gives us commentary. She'll be on the show, as well as my wife, Linda, will be joining us as well. It is August the 8th, and on this day in 1974, in an evening televised address, President Richard M. Nixon announced his intention to become the first president in American history to resign with impeachment proceedings underway against him for involvement in the Watergate affair. Nixon was finally bowing to pressure from the public and Congress to leave the White House. By taking this action, he said in a solemn address on the Oval Office, I hope that I'll have hastened the start of the process of healing, which is so desperately needed in America, he said. Just before noon the next day, Nixon officially ended his term as the 37th president of the United States. Before departing with his family in a helicopter from the White House lawn, he smiled farewell and enigmatically raised his arms in a victory or peace salute. The helicopter door was then closed, and Nixon's family began their journey home to San Clemente, California. Minutes later, Vice President Gerald R. Ford was sworn in as the 38th president of the United States in the East Room of the White House. After taking the oath of office, President Ford spoke to the nation in a televised address declaring, My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. He later pardoned Nixon for any crimes that he may have committed while in office, explaining that he wanted to end the national divisions created by the Watergate scandal. On June 17, 1972, five men, including a salaried security coordinator for President Nixon's re-election committee, were arrested for breaking into the illegally wiretapping the Democrat National Committee headquarters in Washington in the Watergate complex. Soon after, two other former White House aides were implicated in the break-in, but the Nixon administration denied any involvement. Later that year, reporters Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward of the Washington Post discovered a high echelon conspiracy surrounding the incident and a political scandal of unprecedented magnitude erupted. In May 1973, Senate Select Committee on Presidential Campaign Activities, headed by Senator Sam Irvin of North Carolina, began televised proceedings on the rapidly escalating Watergate affair. One week later, Harvard Law Professor Archibald Cox was sworn in as Special Watergate Prosecutor during the Senate hearings. Former White House legal counsel John Dean testified that the Watergate break-in had been approved by the former Attorney General John Mitchell with the knowledge of White House advisors John Ehrlichman and H.R. Haldeman and that uh, President Nixon had been aware of the cover-up. Meanwhile, Watergate Prosecutor Cox and his staff began to uncover widespread evidence of political espionage by the Nixon re-election committee, illegal wiretapping of thousands of citizens by the administration, and contributions to the Republican Party in, in return for political favors. In July, the existence of what was to be called the Watergate Tapes, official recordings of White House conversations between Nixon and his staff, was revealed during the Senate hearings. Cox subpoenaed the tapes, and after three months of delay, President Nixon agreed to send summaries of the recordings, <clears throat> Cox rejected the summaries. In what is now uh, known as the Saturday Night Massacre, on October the 20th, 1973, in an unprecedented show of executive power, Nixon ordered Attorney General Elliot Richardson and Deputy Attorney General William Ruckelshaus to fire Cox. Both men refused to resign their post to, in protest. The role of the Attorney General then fell to the Solicitor General, Robert Bork, who reluctantly complied with Nixon's request and dismissed Cox. Less than a half an hour later, the White House dispatched FBI agents to close off the offices of the Special Prosecutor, Attorney General, and Deputy Attorney General. Cox's successor as Special Prosecutor, Leon Jaworski, leveled indictments against several high-ranking administration officials, including Mitchell and Dean, who were duly convicted. 
Meanwhile, on November the 14th, 1973, U.S. District Judge Gerhard Gazelle uh, ruled that Cox's dismissal had been illegal. Public confidence in the president rapidly waned, and by the end of the, uh, July 1974, the House Judiciary Committee had adopted three articles of impeachment against President Nixon, obstruction of justice, abuse of presidential powers, and hindrance of an impeachment process. On July the 30th, under coercion from the, uh, coercion from the uh, Supreme Court, Nixon finally released the Watergate tapes. On August the 5th, transcripts of the recordings were released, including segments in which the president was heard instructing Haldeman, <coughs> excuse me, please, to order the FBI to halt the Watergate investigation. Three late days later, Nixon announced his resignation. So that's the story of Richard Nixon. Uh, I found uh, this by Tucker Carlson. This was done on July the 20th of this year. It's kind of a summary giving different details of the of the story and a different slant of what's happening here. So uh, let's uh, take a listen. So if you want to understand, if you really want to understand how the American government actually works at the highest levels, and if you want to know why they don't teach history anymore, one thing you should know is that the most popular president in American history was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon. Yet somehow, without a single vote being cast by a single American voter, Richard Nixon was kicked out of office and replaced by the only unelected president in American history. So we went from the most popular president to a president nobody voted for. Wait a minute, you may ask. Why didn't I know that? Wasn't Richard Nixon a criminal? Wasn't he despised by all decent people? <laughs> no, he wasn't. In fact, if any president could claim to be the people's choice, it was Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon was re-elected in 1972 by the largest margin of the popular vote ever recorded before or since. Nixon got 17 million more votes than his opponent. Less than two years later, he was gone. He was forced to resign. And in his place, an obedient servant of the federal agencies called Gerald Ford took over the White House. How did that happen? Well, it's a long story, but here are the highlights, and they tell you a lot. Richard Nixon believed that elements in the federal bureaucracy were working to undermine the American system of government and had been doing that for a long time. He often said that. He was absolutely right. On June 23, 1972, Nixon met with the then CIA director Richard Helms at the White House. During the conversation, which thankfully was tape recorded, Nixon suggested he knew, quote, who shot John, meaning President John F. Kennedy. Nixon further implied that the CIA was directly involved in Kennedy's assassination, which we now know it was. Helms' telling response? Total silence. But for Nixon, it didn't matter because it was already over. Four days before, on June 19th, the Washington Post had published the first of many stories about a break-in at the Watergate office building. Unbeknownst to Nixon and unreported by the Washington Post, four of the five burglars worked for the CIA. The first of many dishonest Watergate stories was written by a 29-year-old Metro reporter called Bob Woodward. Who exactly was Bob Woodward? Well, he wasn't a journalist. Bob Woodward had no background whatsoever in the news business. Instead, Bob Woodward came directly from the classified areas of the federal government. Shortly before Watergate, Woodward was a naval officer at the Pentagon. He had a top-secret clearance. He worked regularly with the intel agencies. At times, Woodward was even detailed to the Nixon White House, where he interacted with Richard Nixon's top aides. Soon after leaving the Navy, for reasons that have never been clear, Woodward was hired by the most powerful news outlet in Washington and assigned the biggest story in the country. And just to make it crystal clear what was actually happening, Woodward's main source for his Watergate series was the deputy director of the FBI, Mark Felt. And Mark Felt ran, and we're not making this up, the FBI's COINTELPRO program, which was designed to secretly discredit political actors the federal agencies wanted to destroy, people like Richard Nixon. And at the same time, those same agencies were also working to take down Nixon's elected vice president, Spiro Agnew. In the fall of 1973, Agnew was indicted for tax evasion and forced to resign. His replacement was a colorless congressman from Grand Rapids called Gerald Ford. What was Ford's qualification for the job? Well, he had served on the Warren Commission, which absolved the CIA of responsibility for President Kennedy's murder. Nixon was strong-armed into accepting Gerald Ford by Democrats in Congress. Quote, we gave Nixon no choice but Ford, Speaker of the House Carl Albert later boasted. Eight months later, Gerald Ford of the Warren Commission 
was the President of the United States. See how that works? So those are the facts. Not speculation, all of that actually happened. None of it's secret, most of it actually is on Wikipedia. But no mainstream news organization has ever told that story. It's so obvious, yet it's intentionally ignored. And as a result, permanent Washington remains in charge of our political system. Unelected lifers in the federal agencies make the biggest decisions in American government and crush anyone who tries to rein them in. And in the process, our democracy becomes a joke. Well, isn't that interesting? Another take on uh, the resignation of Richard Nixon, the most popular president in the history of the United States. And again, in just a few months, out of office because he was entertaining certain thoughts about uh, uh, our agencies and what they were doing. Have things changed now in the last 50 years or 40 years? I don't think so. We're still seeing the same type of behavior from uh, the CIA, from the uh, Department of Justice, from the FBI. I think uh, my personal view is uh, just be careful on believing anything coming from the government. Uh, you need to, uh, we need to, as I think Mark Twain said one time, always support your country and your government uh, when it deserves it. That's so interesting. Well, the 2023 Florida Python Challenge began Friday and will run through August the 13th. The annual 10-day challenge invites hunters to collect Burmese pythons in the Everglades and offers money for the longest snake captured and the most snakes collected with a grand prize of $10,000. Participants must register and take an uh, online safety course, which includes information on how to kill a python humanely. Burmese pythons can grow up to 20 feet long and reach 200 pounds, <clears throat> and females can lay up to 100 eggs at a time. The invasive species disrupts Florida's ecosystem by interfering with a natural food chain. According to the governor, over 840 participants have registered to participate in this year's event. Since 2000, more than 17,000 Burmese pythons have been reported in the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission as removed <clears throat> from the environment. <clears throat> so we appreciate the governor's uh, attention to this issue. I want to save our environment. How these Burmese pythons ever got in the Everglades, I have no idea, but it probably was someone's pet uh, who released them and they multiplied and uh, now we have Burmese pythons in the Everglades. We want to rid ourselves of these uh, vipers and get rid of them. <clears throat> well, the movie Sound of Freedom achieved a significant milestone by grossing over $150 million at the box office in just four weeks since its release. The film tells the inspiring story of Tim Ballard, an American anti-human trafficking activist who founded Operation Underground Railroad. Despite facing obstacles, including being told to stand down from the Department of Homeland Security, Ballard embarked on a dangerous mission to rescue children held captive by traffickers in South America. Originally filmed in 2018 and later acquired by Angel Studios, the movie was released on July the 4th, 2023, exceeding expectations with a budget of 14 million, 14.5 million in, in limited marketing. Although it can only be it's only been released in the United States and Canada, the film has garnered tremendous success and is yet to be released internationally. Again, $150 million in sales and uh, without uh, major marketing efforts. Tremendous Tremendous movie. If you haven't see, seen The Sound of Freedom, it's playing now, and uh, you should make every attempt uh, to do so. All right, we're going to have more here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of The Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website 
website at lulubees.com and stop by Lulubees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulubees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulubees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. Right now, we're going to just have a little bit more commentary, and new official figures have been published that reveal that overwhelming number of people who died from COVID had received three or more shots of mRNA uh, vaccines for the virus. The UK government quietly released the official figures for COVID deaths in 2022. The data reveals that the triple plus vaccinated population accounted for 92% of COVID-19 deaths throughout the entirety of 2022. <clears throat> the figures also show that nine in every 10 COVID deaths in England over the past two years have received three or more of the shots. So again, the, remember the story that we were told back to this whole theme about trusting the government and the CDC. Well, you know, it was it's pretty patently clear to me, anyhow, when you connect the dots, that the government was up to no good in terms of trying to promote the whole di- idea of a pandemic. Probably wasn't a pandemic. Uh, you notice if you're aware that the uh, flu numbers went down substantially during this quote unquote pandemic. And also, the government was uh, actually cons. Uh, uh, compensating uh, hospitals and to, uh, for example, inflate the numbers if, in fact, people died with COVID. So uh, again, be careful of what you uh, what you trust and what you believe coming out of the federal government. Well, in the last 50 years, California has done one thing right. In 1978, the advice of almost all politicians in both parties, among almost two thirds of the California voters, approved Howard Jarvis's. Proposition 13, which constituted capping uh, the runaway property tax increases. Now, I was a resident uh, when they passed uh, Proposition 13. I was a resident in California, so it was a big deal. This tax revolt launched the big California miracle of the 80s and 90s. Of course, thanks to the highest income and sales tax in the country, California's economy has stalled out, and now there are, all, are renewed calls for Democrats to repeal Proposition 13. <clears throat> a new study by Laffer Associates, Art Laffer, and the uh, co- Committee to uh, uh, Transport Prosperity, showed that uh, the damage of uh, property taxes, when property taxes rise, home values fall because the higher taxes get capitalized to the value of the house. Amazingly, the northern states, which are calcifying imposed property taxes, they're as much as 10 times higher than in southern states. New Jersey, where the average single-family property tax is $9,500 in 2022, compares with an average of Get this, $928 in West Virginia and 1022 in Alabama. The government unions say the higher property taxes are associated with better public services and schools, but that's a lie. 
New Jersey and uh, Illinois have the highest property taxes and are very near the bottom of the quality of public services. Several states, including Tennessee, are now examining Proposition 13-style property tax caps. Yes, it's time for another tax revolt among homeowners across the country. So interesting. And by the way, anything the government operates or subsidizes has been exploding in costs. Healthcare the, and education are the components of the economy that are the steepest rise in prices over the last 25 years. Education is 75% of the, of the government, <clears throat> and healthcare costs is 50% up subsidized and run by the government. So, education is 75%, healthcare 50%. Meanwhile, technology, TVs, computers, clothing, electronics, and toys have fallen rapidly in price. These are goods that are highly impacted by international trade. It's a good reminder that free trade keeps prices low and makes goods and services more affordable for the masses. Competition is a good thing. Government involvement in private enterprise, it's not so good a thing. Well, you know, the elections are coming up. Uh, Dr. Cornell West has declared himself a candidate in an independent party uh, for president of the United States. He's an Ivy League professor and best-selling author, Dr. Cornell West. He's long advocated for taxing the rich to provide more services to America's lower classes. But the academic-turned-green party presidential candidate isn't living up to the standard in his own life. In fact, as public records from New Jersey and California show, West owes the IRS hundreds of thousands of dollars in back taxes. Documents show that there are $543,778.78 in outstanding federal tax liens against the professor, activist, and writer, Dr. Cornell West. Smart man, uh, but uh, certainly if he's not willing to pay his own taxes, he shouldn't be president of the United States. Former President Donald Trump says that every time more corruption is exposed in the Biden family recently, he's been indicted as part of the effort to distract from the negative publicity, but he considers it an honor to be targeted because it's standing up for the rights of uh, the average American citizen. Now, every time more Biden corruption is exposed, his henchmen indict me because they want to knock out the bad publicity, Trump said Saturday at the South Carolina Republican Party's 56th annual Silver Elephant Dinner in Columbia. Whenever they have something big happening, they want to put out another indictment or a special indictment. It's called a cover-up, and that's what they do that is illegal and horrible. Major developments related to Trump's legal problems and troubles have closely coincided with the revelations about Biden family alleged corruption. I think you've all seen that uh, that's a fact that, that Trump's latest federal indictments on four charges related to the 2020 presidential election and January 6, 2021 Capitol riot came one day after uh, Hunter Biden's former boss, partner, and longtime friend Devin Archer testified to the House Oversight Committee about how the first son leveraged a very powerful name to secure millions of dollars in business deals. So I think Trump has said, look, if I'm indicted one more time, you know, that's pretty much going to secure the, uh, my, the, my vote as president of the United States. Because every time they do this type of thing and then have this kind of uh, uh, lawfare against the president of the United States, uh, Donald Trump, <clears throat> uh, his popularity goes up. Can you explain that? I think it's because most people understand that uh, this is bogus and it's a fake attack on the president of the United States, President Donald Trump. All right, coming up, Boo Bortonson with that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratuscale Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Gulf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Gulf Shore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions, Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Let me remind you that uh, Lulu Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center serves great breakfast and lunch, but also, starting uh, just recently, serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. The menu is terrific. It's a great value, and, and it's casual. So come enjoy dinner at the Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Wednesday through Saturday night, 4 to 8 p.m. We have with us uh, 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 Boo Mortensen. Boo is a former radio talk show host personality in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, joins us here on the show weekly, and just so pleased that she does. Boo, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Well, good morning, Bob. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Boo. <laughs> so I understand that uh, you've been thinking about extraterrestrial beings and uh, vehicles. Well, you know, I have always been so fascinated, <clears throat> excuse me, by all of this, you know, ever since Carl Sagan came on to the TV scene. Yeah. <clears throat> and you hear about sightings and then nothing ever happens. And, you know, it's, is it a cover-up? Is it really much about nothing? But then on July 26th, there was the whole House Oversight Committee heard claims from three veteran military Pilots. Yeah. I mean, these weren't guys that were laying in the desert smoking mushrooms. Right. These guys were in the sky, in planes, and saw them, and saw something that they couldn't explain. Uh, one was shaped like a tic-tac. One was shaped like a bat black cube. But they moved in seemingly impossible ways. And then uh, one of the officers, a former intelligence officer, said the U.S. government is in possession of alien spacecraft and non-human biologic material. And I say, wow. Isn't that something? And, and uh, it would be just, I mean, and the pattern of behavior on part of the federal government is to cover things up because the American people can't handle it, right? <laughs> So, yeah, I've, I think this, uh, these reports are all true. In fact, I've heard that people, uh, there have been a lot of sightings, but it has become a hazard to your career to report a sighting of a, because it could affect your ability to be promoted and so forth. In other words, so they're, they're dampening down uh, even the, the possibility of a report on the, of this sort. But I really appreciate the fact that we have this subcommittee looking into it. Well, and, you know, is anything going to come of it? Who knows? You know, they don't have anything concrete unless, as this guy says, they they have something, they have material. But what are you going to do about it? I mean, it would be, I think it would be fantastic. It would be fabulous. But, you know, what can you do about it? I mean, it's not like we're all going to hop into space and go find them. Yeah. The universe is enormous. And what are the odds? I mean, that's the thing is, you know, the universe is billions of light years big and what are the odds of two intelligent species on planets in basically the same neighborhood yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I it, think it's pretty slim. Uh, billions and billions of planets out there, and uh, constellations, and it's just incredible. And the fact, one of the reasons why it's so hard to believe, I think I heard commentary is that uh, any any ability to travel here uh, from uh, another galaxy, let's say, would take about seventeen thousand years. I think I heard that number. Point being is that, uh, but those are those are rules that we have based on our own physics and are based on our own rules of you know gravity and so forth. Uh, we, and and these apparently these vehicles that are uh, traveling, they're not behaving to the rules of physics that we have here in on, in our globe in our in our uh, atmosphere. So, so they, they, you know, it's it's so possible. And we should do everything in our power to understand if there's other life on on other planets. We should un try to understand it and make friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be in better shape than we are. Yeah, maybe they don't want to be could friends with us. Learn something. Yeah, exactly. But you know, there. Think about it. There are billions of people on the world, in the world, on the world. Yep. And uh, they all carry. Most of them carry smartphones, cameras, telescopes. Plus, you've got satellites that are scanning the skies 24-7. And we have not managed to produce a single clear image yeah. of a non-human spacecraft or a non-human being. So it makes you suspicious, or maybe they're just not photogenic. Well, and the, here's the other thing, too. We've got this new s satellite. I think it's been uh, released by another country. I've forgotten now who it was. doesn't matter. The point being is it's now be able to see other galaxies and uh, go deep into space. And one of the purposes of this telescope is to uh, investigate dark matter and black holes, which we know so little about. Uh, right, Boo? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. can, you right. can you describe, uh, for example, a black hole or a... Uh, dark matter i can't and uh, i don't think we have a big understanding of this but apparently it's out there we can all be kind of sucked into something the size of a thimble <laughs> listen bob as if we don't have enough stuff to worry about it's so true boo but uh you know i i just really appreciate the fact that the subcommittee is looking into this so uh, congressman from tennessee what is his, his name i've forgotten but uh, he's leading the charge and doing a terrific job, I think. So uh, I'm, I'm eager to see what else we find out as a consequence of this investigation. Hopefully, whoever's covering this up, by the way, I hope it'll all be revealed in the fact that, again, uh, sunshine and transparency is the answer to a lot of our problems here in the United States. And there's just been too much covered up for so long. I mean, the, these stories of extraterrestrial uh, flights... Go back to the 1940s. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. They've been around for a long time. And we're not any further along in discovering whether or not they're real or not. They, most people, or scientists have said, or military have said, oh, it's just balloons or, yeah. I don't know, something, dust storms, something weird in the atmosphere. Um, but, you know, to have, like you say, to have a public discourse on it, why would they want to keep it secret? Because, Boo, the American people just can't handle it. These are people, unelected officials, who are making decisions, major decisions. Uh, and uh, this, this is a pattern that I'm seeing in the federal government. It's just so unfortunate uh, that, uh, you know, we, we, we can't get the truth about COVID. We can't get the truth about certain drugs. It's just, uh, again, it's just following a pattern that I'm very suspicious of. And I, as I said earlier in the show, I think it's you make an error to believe anything that comes out of the federal government without, without uh, investigating and making sure that it's uh, true. And I only say that because uh, there's been so many lies uh, perpetrated in the last 50 years. Yeah, I think you're right. I think to some degree that probably is true. And I think now more than ever, there's just a distrust of institutions, government, military, defense industry, yep. academia. Uh, they all suppress certain amounts of truth. I don't know, they must think we're too inept, too stupid. 
Well, there's, I think there's an agenda, and when people buy into the agenda, though, it's all about power and money, isn't it? That's, you know, they, and look what they're trying to do to President Trump. I mean, they're trying to uh, make it impossible for him to be elected, they're trying to do everything to do discredit his credibility. And uh, this lawfare that's going, he, the charges against him are just so absurd. It's, it's so clear to me that what's, what they're trying to do. And I think it's clear, yeah. clear to a lot of people that uh, this makes no sense. Yes, and, and you know what? The American people deserve better. Uh, this country deserves better. And I'm, it's, it's an embarrassment, it's, and it's so disappointing that all of this is going on. Yeah. I, thought, I thought America was better than this. Well, apparently, you know, we pretty much get what we deserve here, but uh, we've lowered our standards little by little over the course of the years, and now we, we end up with Joe Biden <laughs> as our leader. You can't, uh, you just can't make this stuff up. Boo, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. I never thought we'd be talking about extraterrestrial beings, but here we are, and I really appreciate the, the topic and your commentary. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And you can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, Seton. I hope you are. Doing well, thank you. Excellent, Seton. So uh, tell us about Less Government. Uh, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's not happening, unfortunately. Well, you know what? It's a big job, and we're glad that you got your shoulder to the wheel and helping <laughs> helping make things uh, better. You wrote a column called uh, Less Government, More and Faster Internet. This, uh, this story makes so much sense. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, I just every once in a while I write something like this just to remind people, because right now we've got a... a um, fifth nominee for the Federal Communications Commission who will break the 2-2 tie 
and it's a Democrat. And what they do whenever they, when the, the five seconds after they get a majority at the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, they jam through net neutrality and Title II reclassification. Uh, now, for the vast majority of the Internet's 30-year history, these massive regulations have not existed. Right. And and they existed. Uh, they net neutrality existed without reclassification. But basically, there's right now the internet's classified as Title One. That's called an information service. That's very lightly regulated. Um, they want to change it to Title Two, which is how we regulate phone lines. Which of course physically is stupid. A phone line is one line back and forth. And the web is the web for a reason. There's nine million lines going back and forth all at the same time. So to regulate, you know, regulate that web like a telephone is stupid. But that's what they want to do. They want to lock down the Internet with government. And that only existed once briefly under Obama. Uh, I think he did it. I think he implemented it in 2015. Yeah. And Trump immediately rescinded it in 2017. So it was like a, a little over a year that that that, that, that those that existed. So obviously, the vast majority, thirty years, you know, minus one, um, th- that hasn't existed. And so w- now that they they're clamoring for reclassification, they're clamoring for net neutrality. I'd like to remind everybody: okay, what problem is it they're allegedly fixing? Right. By changing, you know, if you if you want to change something. Clearly, the argument you're making is what's happening now isn't working. And so I just wanted to look at what's happening now and see if it's working. Yeah. And, of course, what's happening now is working tremendously. You've got, you've got this huge, you know, the, 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 there are, one of their arguments is they like to compare us to, like, countries in Europe or South Korea. Well, South Korea is the size of, you know, what? Uh, New York and New Jersey. Yeah. Geographically, we have a huge challenge when it comes to connecting us to the Internet. You've got vast expanses of nothing. You've got vast expanses of mountain ranges and lakes and rivers. And, and you know, our country's huge. And that, that, you know, you have to string cable and wire and stuff. So to compare us to South Carolina, you know, it's apples and bowling balls. Um, and then beyond that, we've got a third of a billion people that want to get connected. That's a lot of people. So despite all of that, there was a report by a a group called ITIF, uh, the Internet, no, the uh, Information Technology and Information, I forget what they stand for. But they looked at, at the end of 22, they looked at um, where we were on the Internet. 98% of Americans have access to what they call fixed broadband, which is wired broadband, which is cable or fiber. Now think about how huge our country is. And how many people there are, and ninety-eight percent of them are wired. Yeah, that's and, insanely successful. Yeah, that's amazing. And 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 like over half of uh, over half of the ninety-eight percent have access to more than one wired provider. Right. That's insane. Now, do we even need wired anymore? The answer is no. Right. Um, we spent the last several years on the fourth generation four G wireless network. You've been watching video on your phone without interruption, without buffering, without slowing down for the last couple of years. That's the most data-intensive thing you can do right. is watch video. And we're doing it on the now what's going to be the, the last network. We've been doing that for two or three or four years with no problem. So everybody in the United States has access to more internet speeds and and more internet than they need. Because, you know, the vast majority of people don't need to watch videos on their phones. Right. Um, everything you need to do, you can, you know, you can you can get a wireless, uh, you know, get a, get a cell phone service connection and then hit a, set up a hotspot in your house and, you know, you, you're a little mini Wi-Fi off your phone and do everything you need to do in your house right now and have been doing it for years. Right. And now we've got 5G coming, which is going to be a hundred or a thousand times literally faster than what we've got now. And we don't even need what we have now. So everybody's got access. It's an amazing success story. And we've done it without net neutrality and we've done it without title two reclassification. 
And now these clowns are clamoring for it again. And no one ever asked them, what problem are you solving here? Well, the, the, the problem they're solving is a lack of a government control. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. So I was reported earlier that the Committee to uh, Unleash Prosperity put out a report that says that uh, the highest inflation occurs when things are controlled by the government, and that would include, for example, education and health care. Uh, yeah. Other things that aren't controlled by the government, we're seeing a reduction in price over the last 25 years, a big increase anytime the government's involved. So <clears throat> what you can count on is, if in fact, all this happens and that you're describing and what they want, it's going to make prices go up. And it's going to make well, you know, I, I, the <clears throat> medical example I love to use because I didn't have a dog for most of my life, and then ten years ago I got a dog, and I'm bewildered by how easy and cheap veterinary service is. Yeah, because the government doesn't get involved in vet service, right? And you know, every time I get a sniffle, it costs me nine thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah. And it takes two weeks to get to see somebody. I mean, it's absurd. Yeah. And with the, you know, with the vet, you call the vet, you make an appointment, you go, you pay, you write them a check for 150 bucks, and you get vaccinations and and you know um, treatment and and you know it's it's just it's a it's an amazing you know it's an amazing and of course, <laughs> in a way. Being a vet is harder than being a human doctor because they don't speak back to us. I know. It, well, we can't ask them what's wrong. Um, you know, where does it hurt? Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Get, I have to guess on the dog. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's just you know, anytime government gets, you know, I, I put the the quote, the Milton Friedman quote. Milton Friedman, of course, the late great economist. He said, if you put the federal government in charge of the Sahara Desert. In five years, there'd be a shortage of sand. That's exactly right. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to uh, check out uh, Seaton's writings. He's, he's a great writer. You can go to lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also uh, follow Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary. I should point out, from Belize, by the way. Thank you so, yes. mu thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to have more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden uh, Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. 
uh, we, they prepare. I say we because I serve on the board of the uh, Foundation for the Government Accountability. They prepare elected officials to win to have winning strategies at the legislature, doing a terrific job. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Linda Harden. She is uh, my wife. She also writes Greetings from Paradise. Just had uh, her latest edition come out a couple of weeks ago. It was great to see her back writing again. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning. You know, it's really interesting. We I have a mystery going on in Naples where we've got a couple, of, we've seen some car carriers, yeah. right? And I, I can't figure out if they're coming or going. Yeah. Well, that's a mystery. I know, it? it's a mystery. <laughs> it we'll probably never know. And oh, by the way, can I put in a plug for Lulubee's uh, dinner for their wedge salad, which I love, love, love? Oh, it's so good. And uh, yeah, I, I was mentioning it earlier in the show that uh, it's a great value also. It's for all of us, hey, let's go out to dinner. We grab. We like to eat uh, early, so we we show up usually around five o'clock or earlier for uh, for dinner at Lulabee's, which four to eight p.m. There in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Lulabee's Diner. You know what that wedge salad is like? It's like a bacon, lettuce, and tomato salad, a sandwich without the bread. Yeah, it's, it's that good. It it is that good. So, what's on your mind today? My mind is buzzing today because there's so much going out, and and the mainstream media just can't figure out what to do and they're they're playing whack-a-mole trying to cover all this the interesting news the one thing that's that's two things that are um on my mind this morning one is that i found it so fascinating last night mm -hmm. to learn on steve bannon's war room about uh donald trump's uncle well, wasn't that fascinating? Wasn't that? That was amazing. I think his name was Donald, wasn't it? No. no it was... Uh, uh, John, John, John Trump. John Trump. Because, because, because um, Trump is named after his uncle, Donald John Trump. Right. But he was like the most prestigious uh, uh, professor at MIT, and he, his association with Nikolai Tesla was absolutely amazing. Yeah, the guy is, it was brilliant. He was a physicist. I believe, and uh, he did just amazing work and uh, a professor of great renown at MIT. It's no wonder that uh, President Trump is pretty darn smart. Well, he's smart, and all this stuff is coming out. I, I'm going to look into that. Um, uh, Catherine, um, El, what's her, Engelbrecht and, and Greg Phillips, they, they put together this, this like video about that, and I'm, I'm going to check it out and watch it in full because I think it's, it's going to be... Absolutely yeah. amazing. Anyway, just Steve Bannon was over the moon by that information. He was like, boom! Yeah, no, one, yeah. no wonder Trump, as you said, is so smart. The other thing that's on my mind is, which I think is, is kind of funny in a sick sort of way, is that this um, presidential debate that's coming up. It's coming on up. On the 24th. Yeah. And 23rd or 24th on Fox. Fox is, was promoting the crap out of it. And, and they can't get Donald Trump to show up on it. And the people... Because Trump is sucking all the air out of the room for all these other candidates, they don't know what to do. Yeah, it's so funny. So meanwhile, Chris Christie's decided it was a good idea to fly over to Ukraine and 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 do that. Mike Pence is in a world of hurt because because um, he might not even make the debate stage because everybody has lost interest in him. Yeah, um, Ron DeSantis is is popularity is falling like a rock. He's fallen a few more percentage points. And his and his handlers are so deaf, dumb, and blind they can't figure out. They said, "Oh well, no, you should you should um, talk about talk about not reading the room." They're talking. They talk him into saying, "Oh yeah, the the uh, election in 2020 wasn't stolen, and and Donald Trump is yeah, is that's, that's, it's so stupid. why is he going there? It makes no sense. Here's the interesting thing: is that uh, apparently uh, some of his big bundlers and handlers and uh, donors are saying they're not going to be they're they're losing interest in him. Ed Rollins, Ed Rollins, who is a huge um, Bush fan and Trump fan and whatever, dumped him. Just dumped him. He's a big Republican guy. Yeah. Um, he's been he's been in the Republican um, conservative tank forever, and he just he was on I don't know Newsmax the other day. I didn't watch it, but uh, he just said, "I'm done. I'm done with DeSantis." So, so do you think uh, Trump will uh, actually show up on the debate stage? Uh, 
it's for him to know and us to find yeah, out. Yeah, he's and, just teasing all the time. Oh my goodness! He's, and you know, Fox, you, you know, Fox is desperate to get him on the show. Desperate because uh, ratings will go way up if he appears, and they probably will not be much interest if he doesn't. Well, so I don't know if you saw this the other day because you know I turn it to Fox real quick before we turn on the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Kudos to the Red Sox for winning last night. Finally, grand slam walk off. Boom. <laughs> yeah. We, they needed that, boy. Yeah, well, they did. Um, but it's so funny because Brett Baer uh, was teasing, um, trying to trying to entice people to to watch, be in attendance at the at the debate. So they're like giving away a trip. And they've all expenses paid. And, and Brett says, well, I might even take you out to dinner. Right. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. What a joke. They are so, so... Desperate and well, funny well, thing. Well, of course, is- that's all in the context of, of course, Tucker Carlson leaving uh, Fox. Apparently, exactly. was fired, and uh, now their ratings are just in the tank. They're they're struggling. They got to think about fifty or sixty percent of her uh, original audience before Tucker left. Oh my goodness! And it's so funny because because Devin Archer, Hunter's business partner, was testifying before before. Um, in closed-door session before the Judiciary Committee, or the Oversight, I think it was Judiciary Committee, last week. It was all a big secret. There's leaking stuff out. Meanwhile, our favorite television host, Tucker Carlson, is behind the scene, behind the scenes, getting his own separate interview with Devin and, and Archer. You know what? I found that, and if you haven't seen it, it's on Twitter. I'm sure it's Tucker's... Uh, Tucker on Twitter. You can find Twitter. it on TuckerCarlson.com, too. TuckerCarlson.com. He had, a, I think, an 11-minute interview and then an hour and three-minute interview with Devin Archer. And I must say it was so interesting, uh, and everybody, I think, would find it just uh, so interesting. You get a picture of who this Devin Archer might be, kind of a, a silhouette from the news, but uh, he's he's a pretty substantial guy. He's a, he's a good guy, and he just got tangled up in the rock. As he says, it's like Icarus. He got a little too close to the sun. Oh, boy, did he. Yeah. And and here's here's the other thing that's so great about, about Tucker and, and what's going on with Fox. Someone is um, working behind the scenes at Fox, leaking stuff out, because I don't know if you ever watched that interview with the, with the Capitol... Um, the head of the Capitol Police, that's Stephen's son. Yeah. But Tucker had an interview with him, and Fox wouldn't show it. Because, and that, that's and they, when he was with Fox. Right, right. He was doing he was doing the Tucker Carlson Tonight on Fox Nation, and and then he got fired. <clears throat> and and we don't know, we still don't know why exactly he got fired, but it, it could be directly related to this interview that he did with Stephen's son, who, by the way, wrote a book about, about his whole... Anyway, this interview was leaked... To Raheem Kassam of the National Pulse, by Raheem Kassam wouldn't say, but he he hinted that it was somebody at Fox that let the interview leak, yeah. and it's on the National Pulse, and it is this guy Stephen Sun said there were at least twenty uh, Feds and uh, plus several FBI agents in that crowd trying to entice people into the Capitol. It is explosive. It is indeed, and I think it's probably Donald Trump's best defense around this January 6th thing that they're trying to... Right, uh, right. So, so, so as a result, they... Um, Jack Smith knows it out there, so he's trying to play whack-a-mole, go into the judge say, wait, wait, we have to silence him. We can't have any of this evidence out to try and help Donald Trump. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's pleading to the Supreme Court, do you see what they're doing here? They're trying to... to um, to block my constitutional rights to a fair trial. Right. It is, you can't make this up. You cannot make it up. It's just amazing. At these times that we're living in right now, a general theme for me, though, is, you know, if you're getting information from the federal government, you should question it. Not not necessarily don't believe it, because I'm sure some int- information is true, but there is an agenda, and uh, you've got to be very careful about what you believe coming from the federal Who government. Who listens to the federal government? <laughs> yeah, some people do, apparently. I mean, uh, holy smokes, everything that's coming out of their mouths. I, somebody posted, I think it was Britt Hume, that... that um, that said that Trump was on Twitter this morning and said, "Oh, Trump has a failed, failed president, a yeah, failed presidency," and and these people are in an echo chamber they just can't get out of. That's and true. and 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 the mainstream media is the same way. Meanwhile, we've got all these different venues to get our news from, and it's so awesome. It all is indeed. Linda Harden, again, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. You go to go to uh, my website, bobharden.com, and check out Linda's column. It's called 
Greetings from paradise. But it's I don't a- do political stuff because they'd, they'd ban no, me. No, that's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, uh, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josefa Savaz. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobhardenathotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. That's one of the ways we spread the word and support our advertisers. We can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>